Welcome to Connecting Greeks, a streaming comedy show and podcast designed to explore and enhance Greek culture around the world. Join hosts Angelo, Adi, and Foti as they bring you fun and interesting guests from all walks of Greek life. Grab a cafedaki and join us. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another amazing episode of Connecting Greeks podcast. It is the eve of Greek independence. This is a, you know, a special time for us. We want to thank everybody out there for watching and listening. Today's episode is an amazing, amazing episode. We have a guy who I've been a fan of for a long time, and I bet you I'm going to ask him later on if uh, what he thinks my, my biggest fandom comes from, and I bet you he won't get it. But anyway, I'm Ari. I'm down in D.C. And I just want to introduce my co-host Foti Stamos up in Boston. Hello, Foti. Ari, what's up, brother? How are you, man? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. All right. And uh, all the way on the other side of the country, we got the man himself, Angelo Tsarukas. Hello, Angelo. Hey, guys. How's it going? How are you doing? Uh, Good week this week. Uh, You know, Greece is uh, bicentennial, 200 years. And uh, I'm, I'm very excited about uh, our, our guest uh, today's episode because I've, I've, we've, we've hung out a few times in Hollywood uh, at the LA Greek Film Festival. And we were also watching a World Cup soccer because I know he's a huge <laughs> soccer fan. This is one of the coolest Greeks and one of the best actors I know. He was, you know, he, he was married to a Bond girl. He was at Saw. Uh, I just recently saw you in a film called Cosmic Sin with Bruce Willis. And I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, We could talk about his credits all day, but let's bring him on right now. Uh, Kostas Mandalor. Welcome, Kostas, the Connecting Greeks. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. Great. Now, now, Kostas, right now, I know that you're in uh, Portugal. I'm in Madeira, Portugal, which is where Cristiano Ronaldo was born. And um, I've settled here for a little bit. But I just came back from Greece after about a month's stay. I was shooting a little, not a little film, but quite an interesting film with a young and -and up-and-coming guy called Anthemos Ananiadis. And uh, we kind of got stuck quite a bit shooting the COVID, the snow and locations and whatnot. So I ended up walking around Athens quite a bit by myself. And because it's very quiet, because of this, you know, epoche of stuff, I had Athens to myself practically. So I got to know Athens and the Scalopatio of Athens really well. I walked wow. everywhere every day. It was great. That's, That's so amazing. cool. Athens is such a great city. Oh, my God. You, the fact that you had it all to yourself must have been amazing. Yeah, it was, cre- it was incredible. When I first got there, they put me up at the, um, at the Plaza Hotel. And the staff right. were fantastic, but it was right next door to the Great Britannia, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember they put me on the eighth floor. For, for anybody that ever goes there, just get the eighth floor because there's a huge balcony outside of all the rooms and it faces the Acropolis. And I basically had the whole floor to myself. So oh, every right. night I'd go out and stare at the Acropolis for, yeah, I, I was talking to the Acropolis at times. It was such <laughs> a beautiful sight. You can never get, your eyes can never get enough of it, you know? That's, awesome. that's an amazing experience right there not not yeah. many people could say they they've experienced that that's awesome yeah well for me it was the first time because when we were young i used to go to the islands and i used to go to the Horia and see the grandparents this time i was kind of just i had to stay put and i was forced to um to just find all the little diamonds in athens and of course there's a few little 
a little too much graffiti for my liking because it's an old land. I don't like the graffiti and it's a little bit of crappy graffiti. If they do artwork, it's much better, but <laughs> then you, t- you turn the corner in Placa and you've got these beautiful homes and these historical sites that they can't touch. And I just really found so many things there that I'd never seen before. So in a way I was lucky. Athens was a sort of an intimate thing with me and the, and the walls, you know, that is awesome. Hey, yeah. What was the feeling in Greece? I mean, you know, the bicentennial is, uh, well, it's already happening in Greece right now as we speak. Yeah. Were the people feeling it? Like, were, I mean, you know, because you were there walking around. I mean, yeah. Well, look, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of people weren't on the street, but the people that I did engage with, they, it was building up and then there's still a lot of proud Greeks there because, you know, there's some other stuff that goes on with politics that, we won't get into because I'll end up making a lot of enemies, but um, I love Greece. I love its history. I love, there's a lot of patriots that are not extreme uh, right wingers and all that crap. They just love their country and they love their history. And I remember there's a couple of old time, not old timers, you know, not much older than me, but very wise with history. And we just stood around street corners talking and I, I learned even more than I did when I was a kid from my grandparents and my father and my uncles I mean, from Kolokotronis to Diakos to Karaiskakis and some really funny stuff too, because the, the Greeks back in the day had a few sayings when they were confronted with danger and the Turks used to say, bow, get on your knees. And they'd, they'd say some things that we can't say on the air. <laughs> and, and, and I learned some, I guess, you know what I mean, from the old timers. But there, there's so many heroes that we have that I didn't know about. And um, uh, it was just fascinating to hear more stories. I actually f- walked one day because I was staying in an area called the Mets, yes. like the new, like like yeah. And the, I never really knew that area. I didn't like it because it's got a lot of traffic that goes by there. But when you're on your feet and you walk around and you get into the neighborhood, it's actually one of the more upscale neighborhoods, right? Mm-hmm. And they have the first um, Greek cemetery. The first Athenian cemetery is at the Mets. So one day I got a coffee and I just started walking around because I was bored and I ended up in this place and slowly, slowly I started finding out who was buried there. I found Melina McCurry by accident, her big agoma. And then I, then I when one day with Anthemos, who was very close to, um, uh, what's his name? Mr. Kostas Vutsas. He was quite a famous uh, actor, right? You know that guy, you heard of him? Vutsas. He he was very well. Yeah. And Anthemus was very close to him. So we were searching for his grave one day. We couldn't find it. But the next day I went by myself and I found Dionysio. I found Mitropanos and I found Mr. Vutsas in this, in this corner of this. I mean, I'm not a fan of cemeteries. You know what I mean? I know everybody's (laughs) dying to get into them, but I, I, but this, (laughs) it was fascinating because of the people that I found. And some of these, um, burial sites were like little homes but i'll tell you who i did find because i started asking questions and lo and behold i found colocotrones and this beautiful statue and i swear when i found it i went there and i I sat with him for three hours i even walked in through the gate and it's got a great statue of him and I, i held his hand and i was just kind of talking to myself just looking at him going this is one of the great greek heroes you know so it was fascinating to to find these kind of places that's amazing. That is, yeah. that is awesome, Costas. I, I mean, you're just how, how often do you hear about this? <laughs> no, you don't. That's, that's like don't. amazing. And the fact that you were just there. I know, yeah. It's perfect timing for this conversation. The timing's great. And, and you know, you know what's interesting about it? Uh, 
because like a lot of us in the diaspora costa because uh your hometown of melbourne australia which i adopt as my second home <laughs> because i love it yeah they I, love I, you down there it, it's amazing and with the thing about it is that you know growing up in canada being from montreal and you know yourself originally from australia and the boys are americans and and, and you know we're i found the similarities that i think in, in Canada, we had the French, right? So you had the, the French presence in Quebec. So you became more Greek. And what right. the thing I found about Melbourne, Australia, and most of Australia, but especially Melbourne, which has the largest population outside of Greece in the world. Right, right. There was such an alinismo there. Yeah. And, you know, you go to Oakley and Brunswick, <laughs> on Bale Street, you know, and, yeah. and all those places. And I always, and I, and I, I felt, aside from the uh, the accent that the Australians have or, or Canadians have, because we have an accent even in America, right. you take you can take the folks, whether it was Pasca or a family dinner, you put the people down, and, and it could be anywhere. It could be Boston, Melbourne, or uh, Montreal. Take away the accents; it's the same people. Exactly. Right? Exactly. The same people, the same complaints, the one Theo Tikanis and Malaka. And I found, and you've done this, Costa, because you've traveled the world, you've made films all around the world. Don't you find when you meet Greeks, and, and this is something where when they came up with the idea to do connecting Greeks, and the one thing I found was once you got through the barriers, we were all raised with the same kutala. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's a perfect way of saying it. The same kutala, and <laughs> once in a while, broke on our back when we got older. They, they, they would break, and right. the mother would get angry and get another one and hit you harder. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, and all all the parimias and all that stuff is all it's all passed down. That's why there's some people they go, "I'm Greek," and they they don't know the their history i mean even the way it's explained to them from the uncles and the grandparents we have that in common but sometimes i go they, they some people miss it but we could tell the same stories we could say the same anegleta and, mm-hmm. and it comes through it's all passed down which is the beauty of our language and the style we have you know what i mean the style of how they talk how we talk now you know of course i gotta say this to you because you, you got a lot of fans in canada Especially my cousin Kathy in Toronto. <laughs> Katerina. Katerina. And she goes to me, you know, Costas Mandalore. And I remember he was named People's Magazine 50 Most Beautiful People in the World. And I think there's a lot of Greek women that want to lick you like a fudgicle in Canada. And my cousin said, she said to me, Do you want more football though enough thought? So I go, He's a good actor. What 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 was it like with your family and stuff? You know, it's I mean, you seem like a humble guy to me, but, you know, that's a big honor to have, like, you know, being named 50 most beautiful people out of yeah. a billion. You know, yeah, you know what sucks about that? I remember the first one. I did it twice, and the first one was 1991 or something, and I think Mel Gibson was on the cover, and I love Mel Gibson, so I'm like, if Mel Gibson, good enough for Mel Gibson, I'm glad I'm in this issue. <laughs> then the next year, they didn't call me. I said, what happened? I got ugly all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> I think it all depended on what's coming out, what's going on. But I did get it one more time. You know, the second time I did it, I was actually in Canada and I was shooting till like 6 a.m. I'll never forget it. I think I was in Toronto and I was frozen, bro. I finished at six in the morning and they had to do the pictures that day. And it was uh, it was also um, it had a section of uh, Australian actors and it was Guy Pearce and Russell Crowe. 
and a couple of other people. But those assholes, they, they ended up doing it in a studio, looking perfect. And I, I went straight to the photographer at eight in the morning. Otherwise, if I slept, I would have never seen him. And he took pictures of me in an alleyway, and I looked like I was a bum. Oh, man. But I made the issue. You still made it. <laughs> you still made it. I mean, that's a true Greek manga right there. That true I look Greek like, uh, Yeah. Tenicti, tenicti and straight to the work. Yeah. Exactly. Like that, you know, that, that's Greek fashion, dude. You are yep. Greek. You worked yes. all night. Yep. You worked all night. Okay, you had another job. You went straight to the job. No put on no nothing. You got it over with, and then you got to you know. That's one thing we have, right? We have Kurayo. We just keep going. Mm. Just keep going, man. You just keep going. That's when the Greeks say to you, you're going to go do it, man. And you don't want to yeah. leave. You don't want to leave. Okay, well, if we got to do it, we're going to do it. No no complaints or nothing. That's it. That's right, brother. But you know, that's but right. us, I know you were a professional soccer player. Well, I was a professional. Um, I mean, I loved the game growing up and I became a professional in Australia as much as we were back then. Although things have gotten more professional as the years have gone by. But then I went to Panathinaikos in 84 and it was the year that um, they got to the last four in the European Cup and they lost against Liverpool. But I was part of the 22-man squad. The the uh, the professionals were 20-man squad and, and Galakos was still there. But I remember they had a top, top team back then and, and they let me in they took care of me. They, they, they didn't keep me out of the click, as they say. And I had one of the greatest experiences of my life. And funny enough, towards the end of the season, the great coach from Poland who coached Boniak, uh, his name was Moch. Moch. He, he was the national coach of Poland. He was coaching Paratrakos. And he called me in after, after Friday's training session at Peania, where we used to get the bus twice a day. Uh, it would pick us up in Leo Fort Alexandra for all the Panathinaikos fans. And that would take us out to Pioneer now with close to where the airport is now, the international airport out in the countryside. Mm. And um, he called me up and he said, uh, come to my office. And I went in there and it was a Friday night and he was having a few problems with some of the players because he was a very uh, upstairs coach, you know. Right. And, um, and a couple of the players were sort of rebelling against him towards the end of the year. And uh, I went in there. And he said, listen, I want to talk to you on Monday. Be here early. I'm like, I'll be there. And as, soon, and as he was finishing talking to me, Vardero Yanis, right-hand man, I remember this gray-haired man that everybody used to panic when he used to show up. Uh, he showed up and they said, uh, I need to talk to, to Mock. And Mock said, I'll see you Monday. I left and it looked like it was going to be a serious conversation. Monday comes and Mock was fired. Oh, and And... And and I do believe he was going to invite me to preseason to, to be a part of the team because I really wow. went well there. But the next year, funny enough, they got rid of him and he went to Ofi and he won the title with Ofi the next year. I'll never forget it. <laughs> and then and the next year, Panathinaikos changed a, a lot of players. And I remember there was a goalkeeper called Pasavuras, funny name. And uh, I, th I think, yeah, and a couple of Australian players actually came right after me. It was Kalanzis and um, Christodoulou. And they ended up, playing for Panathinaikos for a few years, but I missed my opportunity because Moch left. And if I, if I knew it, I would have followed him to Offie. But, you know, funny enough, that next year I played and I got an injury and that's how I became an actor. Wow. I, I, couldn't run, I couldn't run for about a year and I went to see a friend in L.A. I'd never been to, I think I'd been to L.A. once years, years before, but for a very short time. I went to see a friend. I couldn't run. I was pissed off that I couldn't play. And I was kind of at the peak of my career at like 23 years old. And um, I ended up going to acting classes in L.A. And somebody said, hey, you should be an actor. I'm like, back then it was like, 
you know, there was Mel Gibson and a couple of other people. <laughs> and um, little did we know that all this talent from Canada and and, uh, and Australia would flourish. And now they've taken Hollywood by storm. But I guess somebody said I was one of the pioneers. And I never really thought about it that way because I was just desperate to try and do well. But it's ended up being, you know, ups and downs, mostly due to my madness. But I'm still there. And it's, I'm at the second phase of my career. And I still miss football. I mean, soccer. But, yeah. but acting lasts a little bit longer. So, you know, I can still do it. That, that's amazing. I mean, talk about somebody who's driven. I, you play for my favorite team, Panathinaikos, by the way. Oh, you know, thank God. Yeah, of course. We get into it. Oh, and we never shit. talk about the soccer. <laughs> but, you know, that, that's the team I go, Prasini, right? Right, right. And all the Irish think that we stole their clovers or something. I don't know what yeah. that's <laughs> like. You guys took our clovers. I go, whatever. But I should be not- thankful for respecting the clover. Yeah. But you know what cost us? <clears throat> What I'm hearing, and, and for people that will, our, our listeners can hear, because a lot of people ask, how do you get to a certain place in life, right? And mm-hmm. like, here's you're, you're, you're a man who uh, took an opportunity, you went to Greece to, to play uh, for a professional soccer team, and then you go visit a friend in LA, and then you take acting classes, you find this new uh, thing that you had inside you, this talent, and with awesome success and then people always what i always i'm fascinated by uh, costa is that people always, and i get this question too like what's the secret and i'm the secret is go fucking do it you <laughs> yeah. know it's, and i always tell people and this is a great story because if you don't take the chance and go find out for yourself you're 23 years old palicati why not what are you gonna lose I mean, you go there and look look how it turned out so yeah well, you know, it's funny because I think with certain things, there was there, I didn't really have any desperation about it because it was an unattainable sort of vision. Because when we were kids, we used to watch Kirk Douglas and Spartacus and Anthony Quinn. God bless him. He was my first Hollywood dad with Robert Lozier. We'll yeah. get to him afterwards. But <laughs> I, I, um, I, it was just sort of I fell into it. And you know what? I used to fight the church when I was young. I used to go there you know, church, you know, what's going on. But now I've started going back to church because I think the world's so screwed up and I'm trying to look at the messages that they give us, right? And sometimes uh, this black preacher taught me, sometimes everything is revealed to you. You don't have to really do much. You just walk forward and, and uh, you know, try and do your best and things come to you, you know, and I don't mean fame. I just mean um, opportunities or the path or an idea comes to you and that's what happened. I didn't go to America to become an actor. I went there to visit somebody. You know what I mean? It's like all of a sudden people are like, hey, you should do this, that. I got a commercial. All of a sudden I started making money because back then, you know, I didn't have a work visa. I was just visiting. And slowly, slowly it just sort of took me in. And I remember meeting Mickey Rourke, who was the biggest star in the world at the time. And, you know, and then when I started making movies, I couldn't believe I was there. And I did my first movie called Triumph of the Spirit with yes. Robert Lozier and Willem Dafoe about Greek Jews. It was Greek Jews. And the guy was actually there who was a, a lie. He was a Greek boxer. And they, the Germans used to make him fight in the camps against other people in the middle of the night when they were drunk. And That's when they'd right. finish, yeah, and when they finished the fights, the guys were laying in the snow, beat up and bloody, and the Germans used to go back into the room and go to sleep. And uh, funny enough, the, the guy told me a story when he first went there to shoot the film, to consult the film, they found one of the guys that he that he fought, and they went on national TV in Poland and just hugged each other and started crying. 
because that's the only decent memory they had because everybody else was dead. So um, I got off track a little bit, but that was when it first began, and that was with Robert Lozier. And then after that, I met Anthony Quinn. And uh, Robert Lozier and Anthony Quinn both called me their son, and I'll never forget it because I used to have unbelievable times. By the way, you, you know, I, I know... Gosa, can you hear us? Yeah. Did, oh, okay, did you hear my back. story? Did, did, did my story disappear on that? Yeah, yeah. That? yeah, yeah. Again, you, well, you met Anthony Quinn. We, we well, well, uh, so they, they, the, called the, you, they called you their son. Well, yeah, Robert Lozier and Anthony Quinn used to call me their son, and I used to hang out with them. They used to call me and say, where are you? Anthony Quinn used to go, I'm at Spago. I'm with Don Rickles and Ricardo Montalban. I want them to meet you. I'm like, what? I used to run, to, I used to like glide to Spago, you know? And they used to tell stories and bust, bust chops. And I used to just stare at them and they go, why are you so quiet, kid? Say something. I'm like, what am I going to say? I'm sitting with Don Rickles and Anthony Quinn, for God's sake. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not that quiet, trust me. But I used to sit with them and they, they were incredible storytellers. And that's how it began for me, you know? But I look back now and I go, I just wish I could go back in time once or twice, you know, to, to see the grandparents again, to see the old timers that are leaving us. Cause yeah. these people made Hollywood, bro. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. incredible. I got, I got to yeah. tell you, hearing the stories from you, because it's dark where you are. So we can yeah. see your face. It gives you a mystique. Good, good. <laughs> I'm trying to get the mystique. But I kind of dig it. Actually, this is good. It gives you more mystery <laughs> to who you are. And I love that. We'll and, do it again in the light one day, but go on. No, no, it's okay. No, it's cool. I like it. So Picket Fences, that was, I remember uh, you on Picket Fences. That was an awesome show. How did that oh, come dude. Out? The Canadians like that show, I remember. They love it. In Canada. They love yeah. it. Right, yeah. You know, I, I'll tell you what happened. I, I remember doing Mobsters where I, I actually met Anthony Quinn, believe it or not, the first day I met him. Should I tell the Anthony Quinn story? Because it's sure. pretty cool. Sure, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was the, it, it, I'll tell you what happened. The day I met him was the was the first day of the Iraq War, the Desert Storm. Oh, wow. I'll never forget it. Yeah, and I remember going to work, and it was my f- second big Hollywood movie, right? And I didn't want to be late, but I was cutting it close. Meanwhile, I've learned you get you get to work on time in Hollywood. You're still two hours early. Anyway, <laughs> um, I I got there, and, and it was a summer day, and all the doors were open, so I had to sort of close the doors on the trailers to see my name. So I got the first one was Christian, second one, third one. The fourth one I thought must be me. So I just ran in there and dumped my bag and said, I've made it on time. <laughs> and all of a sudden I hear behind me, and who are you? <laughs> and I, and I, look, I look around and it's Anthony Quinn sitting behind me. I didn't even see him. Oh. And he looked, he, looked like, uh, he looked like a gigantic you know, like bird with his arms up on the couch sitting there. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Quinn. I was in shock at Zorba, you know what I mean? I'm looking at Zorba right there. And I go, I go, sorry, Mr. Quinn. I thought it was my room. He goes, who are you playing in this movie? I said, uh, Frank Costello. He goes, I knew you as an older man because he knew all the old gangsters. They loved him. They used to have dinner with him, you know? Anyway, I go, oh, my God. I didn't know what to say. And he goes, what's your name? I said, Costas. He goes, you're Greek. I said, yeah. He goes, I own a part of an island in Greece. And you know what that is, right? When he did the... when he did the, the Guns of Navarone, the Greeks granted him um, a That's piece right. of land in Rhodes where they shot, and it's called Anthony Quinn Beach right. to this day, mm. right? And he told me, he goes, he goes, I just met him, and he's going, I, I own a piece of the island of Rhodes, and uh, he said, then I'm going to get it back because when they did the coup, the, the, 
the junta took it off me, but I'm going to get it back. And I'm like, all right. And then I didn't know what to say. And, if, and then eventually he stood up and uh, he walked over to me and uh, I said, I, I better get to work. And he just stared at me and I didn't know what to do. So I just hugged him and he yeah. went, <laughs> anyway, I went to my, I found my trailer. I got the makeup on. And guess what? The f- next time I see him was about two hours later on the set. And you know what I had to do? I had to shoot him in the scene. Oh, it, was oh, it, was, it was unbelievable. And then at the end of the day, he called me because uh, through the um, ADs, and was like, tell Costas to come to my room. I want to see him. That's where he took my number. And he used to call me up. And at the time when I was doing picket fences, back to picket fences, I was working with his daughter-in-law, Lauren Holly. She was married to a, a Danny Quinn uh, at the time who was, you know, Anthony's son. So, um, it's the funny, the connection. So he used to call his son to tell the daughter-in-law to tell me to go to Spargo <laughs> on a Friday night. And she used to get jealous because why, why is he inviting me? I said, it's men's night. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, a cool but, story. Wow. Yeah, that, that, that I'll never forget it. I actually wrote an homage to him um, because I, I'll finish with the Anthony Quinn because, I mean, I love uh, what a legend. What happened was about five years ago, I got a phone call from the agents and they said, uh, Catherine Quinn wants to talk to you. I don't know who, I don't, who's she, right? Because I hadn't seen Anthony Quinn for years because I didn't want to bother him. I'm an idiot. I should have bothered him because this is what happened. I, I called this lady and she goes, hi, it's Catherine Quinn. I said, how can I help you? She said, look, I'm Tony's uh, wife. So he had one more wife and he had two kids at the age of like 87 or something. He was a stud. He's got about 28 That's kids, right? right? That's right. <laughs> right. Anyway, she's like, look, I just want you to know something. It's Anthony's 100th birthday testimonial. We're going to show Zorba at 20th Century Fox with Jim Giannopoulos and, and um, a few other people there that were well-to-do Greeks. And um, funny enough, that's where I used to shoot picket fences. And I'll never forget going to this party. And then they showed Zorba. It was so, very surreal for me. But she told me that he used to talk about me all the time. And he said, my son, Costas. My son, I'm like, I started crying at two in the afternoon, yeah. tearing up, you know, on the phone. I'm going, you're kidding me. What an idiot. I should have kept contact with him, but I didn't want to bug the man. Yeah. Anyway, he had moved back to Rhode Island where now he has an estate and he does, he, uh, she's continuing his legacy with art and kids and all that up and coming artists. But um, I'll just, I'll never forget the, uh, the friendship that he gave me, the love he gave me. And what happened was I couldn't go to this particular thing it was at the what's his name the guy that owns Budweiser they were having Larry King and all the old timers and all the sons and everybody was gathering um as a testimony to to uh, Mr. Quinn and I told my wife I wrote I wrote I can't write very well you know like I'm not I don't consider myself a writer but I wrote a letter about how I met him and what it was like and it's it was it came up I'm quite proud of it but um she read it um, in front of everybody at this big soiree in uh, Hollywood somewhere in one of the big mansions. And apparently like eight of his sons came up to my wife saying, my father loved your husband as a son. I'm like freaking out going, this guy really talked about me. You know what I mean? <sighs> so it was an incredible experience to be with him, to be a part of things. And he used to share a lot of stories. I mean, are we allowed to swear on the show? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, Feel free. Yeah. Okay, let me tell you what the first story you told me, and then we'll move on to picket fences. Ready for this? He said one time he was trying to raise money for a movie at the height of his career, and he went to Saudi Arabia to meet the king. This is in the 70s or something, right? 
and and he flew there and when he got there he had a motorcade and a limousine and they drove him to the palace and he walked into the palace and he was waiting for about 30 minutes and he was getting pissed off that the, the king was making him wait and there was a banquet of fruit and food there and he's going where is this fucking guy you know what i mean i know he's the king but come on anyway apparently the king came into the room they sat down uh, they they did the, the kiss cheek to cheek kisses and they sat down and um, the king says to him so um mr quinn did you fuck sophia loren <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the first question out of the king's mouth <laughs> And I looked at him and I said, what did you say? He said, I didn't answer. <laughs> it was funny to hear it from him. You know? it oh, I, yeah. yeah. Because like, you think, I can see that. I think Anthony Quinn saw a lot of himself in you. And I think well, that's why he, he looked at you like a son. I, I guess. I mean, really I, 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 you know what? I, I can only say I'll accept that as a comp, huge compliment, but I wish I would have talked to him a little bit sure. more because he was such a genius performer, you know? And, um, and we did talk about stuff, but the, the one thing when I started getting a little older and I started fooling around and getting a gravelier voice and, you know, putting on a little weight every now and then people said I should do Zorba on stage and I've really considered it. And if I ever get a chance, I might try it, but I, I, I wasn't really aware that it was a musical on stage and apparently Antonio Banderas was going to do it and then he didn't do it. And I, 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 if, if I ever, if it ever comes up, you know, I, I'd consider it, but I was called by a guy, you know, this guy called Harry Romas, Haris Romas. Yeah. yeah. I've heard the name. He's, yes. Yeah. Well, he's a Greek uh, writer, director, stage film, etc. Right. He called me up about two years ago. Unfortunately, Greece was going through all that, hardship with money and referendums and all that stuff with Germany, blah, blah, blah. And he, he goes, listen, I'd like you to be a part of this movie. And I said, oh, send me the script. I'll take a look at it. And I opened it up and guess what it said? <laughs> the title, Zorba Lives. <laughs> Zorba Lives. Wow. I, I, I called him up. I said, I'm in. I'm not even going to read it. I'll just fucking hire him. <laughs> Dude, you'd be, you'd be great. I can see you totally being Zorba. Again, yeah. I, I read it on the stage because it was a huge, you know, and I mean, before I ask you the question, could Anthony Quinn speak some Greek? Oh, yeah. He spoke a few words. I mean, I think he spoke more back in the day because he was around it. And he, he was very right. good with languages. Obviously, he speaks fluent Italian, you know, Spanish. And um, and he was great with accents, obviously. But, uh, yeah, he did. But I think as the years went by, he forgot a bit of the language because you got to be around it, you know. But, um, I mean, the Greeks. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry, Costa, because the reason I'm asking is because, you know, he's Mexican-Irish background. That's right. And I that's right. One year, I remember one year in Canada, it was like Christugina, and I got my uncle, Anthony Quinn is Greek. He's from Pico Brisi, but that's the Juariamo. I go, he's Greek. Well, they tell you, people talk about like, I know, I know. You know the Greeks? It's like Marlon Brando's Italian. No, he's not. No, he's not. Yeah, exactly. Well, they they, they pluck the best performers. They want to keep them, you know. Mm. But it's isn't it funny how the Mexican Irish and the Puerto Rican Raúl Julia played two of the best Greeks on T on, on movies yeah. ever. Remember the Tempest? Yeah, the Tempest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. John Cassavetes, yeah. right? Yeah, they were they were great. They were great. I think you know what I found out that they shot the, the Tempest in Money, and I'm going to visit Money this summer because I met a a, a very 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 big uh, police officer who has a family house there. He said. 
you want to make a baby with your wife? Take the house. So I'm going to go visit mommy. <laughs> Annie's beautiful. You know, my, you know, my dad's from Sparty. And we go to uh-huh. Viros. If you're going to go with the family, Costas, you got to go to Viros, the, the, the Spilia, you know, where the game Yeah, I, I used to go. I used to go we, when I was young. You've been there, right? You've yeah. seen it. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Got, and there's a cafe close. When you come out of the Viros there, there's a cafe. My wife went shopping. They made the best deep less in the world. Oh, and I ate God. Like five of them. And my wife goes, how many did you have? And I said, one. And the woman goes, no, he didn't. He had five. <laughs> How can you yeah. say? How can you say no, dude? I first of all, what you say? You know, deep less. You know, deep less. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure. So, you know what? You know what happened to me, bro? I, I, when I was waiting to work in Greece because of the schedule, it kept getting delayed. And at some point in the first week, I did the Tonight Show with uh, Gregory um, Aratoglu. Have you heard of him? He's got the Greek show, the yes. Tonight Show there. Yeah. So, I mean, yes. I went there. I Greece. waited for four hours to shoot the third episode. And I was just waiting up all night. And then we got going. We finished about 2.30 in the morning. <clears throat> the next day, when I was walking around the Mets having the coffee and meat, you know, th- there was little takeaway places everywhere. People were handing me food for the next three weeks because I was on the show. I became a, a Greek star all of a sudden, you know, overnight. And they would just feed, and I couldn't say no. I ended up putting on about 15 pounds in three weeks. <laughs> you can't say no to Greeks. No. Yeah, well, I tell you, the food is incredible. They all want to feed you. But look at the yeah. Florentimo they have. You went on TV, and they're so proud. And that, that's the thing about Greeks, is that, you know, I know I've done stand-up shows where they'll bring me hero. And, yeah. and, and Lukumades, and I'm like, and we eat it, of course, because it's always <laughs> of course. Some of the comics are with me, and they're like, "Fuck, man, what is it about the Greeks? You go there, they bring out, and they always bring it extra, right? Because right. because they just love it. That that's that's so great that you're on television in Greece. And then you're walking around the, you know, the, uh, uh, the Yitonia, and people are just handing you. They were handing me stuff. I'm telling you, bro. I, yeah, yeah. And, and they were bringing, they were bringing Sipura from the village, from the wherever they were making it. They were bringing uh, Varelli, the the Krasi from the Varelli to oh, me. I'm like, right. guys, I'm trying to work. I can't. What are you doing? Parta, parta, data, data, parta. That's awesome. Classic. Classic. But you see. That's why, Costa, I've said it. We, we've talked about this. People tell me all the time, why? I said, you got to go to Greece once in your life. And I've told all of them, they go, really? I go, really? I've been like, I've been to Italy, Spain, everywhere. It's beautiful. Yeah. Not yeah. because we're Greek. Not because we're Greek. I go, you got to go to Greece once in your fucking life to understand how people live. Yeah, because the Greeks have it. No matter how bad or shitty things get, we find a way to somehow enjoy. It. I mean, don't get me wrong. We love the we love the mizeria, right? We <laughs> sure. You know, but but at the same time, like we went to Greece, and and you know, I, I brought my my wife's Armenian, so she's pretty close with the Greeks, and right. and and at the same time, I took my daughter to see the village. Now they're driving me nuts every uh, summer now, Costa. They want to go to Greece. But are we going to Greece? We're going to Greece. I'm like, holy shit. Because yeah. they went down and they had so much fun. It's but contagious, you know, bro. Now, Costa, let me ask you. Now, are, 
I'm not sure about this. This is what I want to ask you. Are you and your brother Lewis twins? No. No. You're not. But there's another brother you have. No. You don't have a twin brother. No. What the hell is Chris telling me? You have a twin brother. And that's what he, he said that to me today. And I'm like, oh, my he, must, he, he must be drinking early. <laughs> mutual no. friend we love. You know, have you ever had his meatballs? Yeah, dude, I've, I've eaten his. I got to tell you one thing about Chris Phillip. He's got a lot of class, bro. But he he, can, really he knows does. how to have a he knows how to have a party, man. He really, I fucking love that guy. Yeah, and, you know, he's, been, he's been he's been such a help because he really likes the show, and you know he connected uh, he connected me with with you and a few other people. And Chris goes, you know, talk about his twin brother. I go, I didn't think he had a twin brother. You know, yeah, he's messing with you, Christian. Chris, you've got to stay off the juice in the daytime. <laughs> Doing an interview, and of course, this is probably thinking more like he is. We left those thoughts. Yeah, you know, just when I thought he was perfect, we found the flaw. He has a crazy imagination. We love you, Chris Phillip. He was just messing with you, Angelo. Yeah. Now let me ask you, because you know the because I you know I've never met I've never met your brother. But I got all my friends know him here, but I've never met him. And you know, of course, big fat Greek wedding, and he plays a brother. Uh, the rumor is they're doing a third one. I don't know if it's true or not. They're going to go to. I did, I did. Yeah, I did hear something about Nia, and um, a couple of years ago, she apparently she was looking for me to do a read through, and I think she ended up doing that movie, the second one where she shot in uh, the Acropolis. But I, I, I found out there is something popping up and I'm going to try and be a part of it because I'm like, all right, enough. Louis done too. How about me? I'll play the Greek fisherman. <laughs> me, me and I said, me and Angela will play two Greek fishermen yeah, exactly. that, take, that, take, that take the gay guys to Mykonos on the boat. <laughs> I'll be your husband. Yeah, she's the best. Did you, awesome. did, uh, did you get your brother into acting or was it vice versa or? Well, if I was to tell the truth, what happened was I went to my first acting class, which I found very interesting. And they used to do these crazy exercises that were not acting. It was reality of pe- people looking at each other and, and things happened. Anyway, I remember going, wow, this is great. And I found out my brother was a very good boxer and a very good soccer player. And apparently he was getting into trouble. <clears throat> and something happened where um, he nearly got killed by a street gang, a, a bunch of people and miraculously survived this uh, thing. And, uh, and I said, well, why don't you come and visit me? And he came to visit me and he came to the class one day and you just saw your innocent young brother, not innocent, but innocent mm-hmm. in spirit. And, uh, and he, he kind of took to the class and, and it served him really well. And he ended up enjoying it and he sort of just fell into it um, um, and got, and oh. got away from the trouble in Australia and stayed. So, so, so basically, you, you like you helped them get out of a, a a possible bad path. Yeah, well, that that we kind of grew up on the rough side of the tracks, and my mother says, "No, you came from a good family. We know that." But we we like the we, we grew up around a little bit of the rough stuff. I mean, my uncles had nightclubs, and you know, I mean, I saw things when I was a kid. That was my really my great apprenticeship from twelve years of age. I used to wash dishes in the back of this uh, nightclub. It was next to one of the first discotheques in Melbourne by the water. Have you heard of Chopper Reed? Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ch- Ch- Chopper Reed and all these guys. And 
I could name all the gangsters, some of which are dead now, like Anfalls, Gangitano, and this and that. All those guys grew up the, in that area. And I was 12. I used to watch everybody get bashed. And, and uh, I've seen many, many things. And that's where we kind of grew up. So there was always the bad element surrounding us, even though we came from a good Greek family, so my mother doesn't complain. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, there was that element there. And I actually left because um, when I hurt my leg playing, uh, I couldn't play for a year. I was uh, also working nightclub doors and stuff on the side and learning the game from some badasses. And I was either going to get into the nightclub business or do something else. And I'm glad I chose the path just to take that adventure. Yeah. But yeah, he ended up falling into it and staying around. And then all of a sudden, and I'll tell you the cool thing, when I look back at my brother, he, when he first started doing some commercial work, he actually did one of those commercials with John Wayne, you know, when they insert the actual Duke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was talking to the Duke in the commercial. I think it, it was incredible. He was like, so I worked with Anthony Quinn and he worked with John Wayne. That's awesome. <laughs> that, was the, that was the beginning. So well, course, you know, who, who is the, oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead, Ari. Sorry. No, I was just going to say that, you know, you guys, you, you say you fell into it, but there's a talent there that you and your brother have. And, you know, a lot of people try to fall into it and they can't. So you guys mm-hmm. definitely have something. And, you know, again, I'm a, I'm a big fan from way back. And like you, you, you whatever path you took, I think you went the right. Destined, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I guess as that happens as it happens. You know, it's funny. When I first started doing it and I wanted to be good, and obviously you got to learn how to be good. You, some people are very natural. Some people have to study. Some people trust themselves. Some people don't. At this point, I've kind of become fearless because, you know, it's just about being raw and doing your homework and showing up. And, sure. and you know, and I've made some mistakes and I became a bit of a crazy guy for about eight years. So my career <laughs> stilted. And now my buddy from my first acting class, Josh Brolin, is one of the biggest stars in the world. Oh, and wow. Gerard Butler's flown. So, and I, I love these guys, you know what I mean? But it's just the path of life and this and that, the mistakes, the lessons. But I just remember um, uh, 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 there's guys that I grew up with that probably would have been better actors than me, but it wasn't in them. They didn't have that thing or the belief or the, even the desire. But I remember when I first made it, I'm like, Jesus, you, you three got, you know, you have the friends that tell the great jokes and they tell yeah. them yeah. The, the, they, they can build a story. I'm not that good at that. I've got other guys that I listen to to this day. They have the soul of an 80 year old man when they were 22. <laughs> and, and I'm like, you should come over. You'd make it bigger than me. And they started laughing, but you never know. Sometimes your path is chosen for you, you know? True, so true. Uh, and Costa, who was the more aggressor in your family? Was it your father or your mother? My mother's uh, a beast, beast mode. My old man's very passive, uh, philosophical um, kind of guy, great with history. My, my old man was actually a mathematician, but he didn't really have, it didn't really care about, he just wanted to be his own boss, so he drove taxis for 50 years. And he used to hang out with all the boys at the airport waiting for rides. And, and that's, that's the life he chose. But he was very good at the house as far as education, as far as um, forcing me to speak Greek at home because I ran away from the Greek school because the teacher was an asshole. <laughs> and when I, when I ran away, he goes, And in the end, I can only thank him because I kept my language, you know? Yeah, that's all. You know, you, know, Costa, you hit on a really good subject. I've met a lot of people. Now I get it's different in America because there, because in Canada and Australia, 
I think we were able to maintain the Hellenism. And I know uh, for Fortinati also being from Boston or the Northeast, but for a lot of Americans, they, they didn't speak Greek. They were frowned upon for speaking Greek. And I talked to a lot of them now that regret it. And yeah. like, you know, I fuck, I wish I would have been speaking Greek because I see you guys talking Greek. Because now when we go out, if I got a friend who's Greek, you want to talk shit about somebody. Right. What are you guys saying? Oh, no, we're just saying how good the food is. And yeah. everybody thinks will laugh about that. But it's so nice now because, I, you know, at least conversational Greek, eh, Costa, that you can say. Right. You know, I love we're, it. We're talking shit anyway. Yeah. You know what? I love it. But I. I kind of make, sometimes people get excited. They go, yeah, man, I'm Greek. You're Greek. I'm like, yeah. And I start talking to them and they don't know what the fuck I'm saying. I'm like, so you're Greek, but you don't speak your language. You should, I should slap your parents for not forcing you. But there, there were reasons why they did. The Greeks in Australia, they're so, my theory was that they're so far away from the motherland that they forced their kids to speak. So when you walk through Oakley, back when I was a kid, South Melbourne was the, uh, was the Greek area in Port Melbourne, right? Albert Park. Those areas uh, by the water is where all the Greeks were, and you you walk in Oakley now or South Melbourne back then or Albert Park, and you think you're in Greece. They're just speaking the native so language. True. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, if they, you go to Oakley, it's like you're in the Platea somewhere in oh, Greece. For, it's crazy. I mean, I, Oakley is like when I was a kid. Oakley didn't exist as far as Greeks. As when I was gone, I guess a lot of people flocked out there. They sold their houses at the beach and they went and bought mansions in Oakley because it was cheaper. <laughs> so that's what happened. But, um, you know, uh, I do make fun of certain people when they go, Yas, some Greek, Yas, Milas, Kolos, Elinikas. I'm like, you know what? I should give you a smack, but I forgive you because it wasn't your fault. Yeah. Hey, you know, Costa, there's another thing Greeks do all around the world. Greeks are the only people that talk about real estate they should have bought 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And I go yeah. there, he goes, and they do it everywhere. Johannesburg, London. Four million dollars, Mr. Fahane Evre. Everywhere is the same. I got my uncle the same. Greeks always talk about real estate they should have fucking bought. Oh my god. Yeah, my old man my old man said that too. Yeah, he said I was gonna buy that. I'm like, oh fuck. Um what was I going to say? I, I did uh, neglect one thing about picket fences. I just want to reiterate. When when I did Mobsters, I got a phone call from David Kelly, David E. Kelly, who's one of the most prolific writers in you know oh. TV history, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And um, and he he was yeah, making course. this TV show. And I, I'll tell you what I did. I first went to. Uh, I don't want to go off track. We'll go back to Greece, but I, I just wanted to. I, I neglected that answer. But what happened was. I get a phone call. I think it was a Saturday or Sunday afternoon from a guy called David Kelly, who then won Emmys on LA law. That, that was where he first started writing. Yeah. And um, I went to meet him at a very famous place called the dome. I don't know if you remember that place in LA, but that was one of the hot spots, Spago, the dome. Anyway, I, um, I went to meet him. And it was a quiet day. We sat in the side room and uh, you know, I, I said, I remember going to a set once to visit Cagney and Lacey and it was an ugly old set. And I'm like, Oh, I'd hate to be here doing this shit. I'm like, little did I know that, you know, this is what sets are. 
they're just like sometimes old and 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 the world sees them as you know a, a play area for a police station or whatever anyway david kelly advised me to and he wants me to do a tv show with uh kathy baker and tom scarrett and the Fiveish Finkel and Ray Walston, the the, the my, my my favorite Martian, oh, you know awesome, all man. these le- legends, right? And I'm and I turned him down. I, I I said to him, I said, I appreciate the offer and and you being interested in me, but I'm kind of scared of being on a TV show. I wanted to do The Godfather and all that, you know, in my naivete, right? Anyway, I remember going back and my agents going, they want to offer you like in 1991, uh, 20 grand. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, listen, nah, I don't want to do it. I'm too scared to do a TV show. I want to do The Godfather. And by the end of it, they went up to like 30 grand in 1991. A lot of money. I, to- I-, I told my people, my buddies this. They're like, if you don't take that job, I'm going to kill you. I mean, <laughs> 30 grand to, to be on TV, to be on TV. I'm like, what? Every week, every week. Yeah, every week. And what happened every was I, end- I ended up finding out that Tom Skerritt and Kathy Baker accepted it. And then I said, it can't be that bad. So I said, yes. Like, I, uh, can you imagine? I'm, I'm, I, might, I might have been uh, uh, collecting rubbish if I didn't do that show. You know, it, was one, it catapulted me to, to start him. And he did warn me. He said, well, you're not going to be able to shop anymore like a normal person. And lo and behold, the first year I'd go to the supermarket and people were coming up to me. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm a star. I mean, I didn't think of it that way, but that's people know you. You know what I mean? It was, it was shocking to me to get fan mail. Anyway, that's where it began. So I just wanted to let you know. Thank you. And, you know, I was I was living in Canada. Canada loved that job. It wasn't just in America; it was worldwide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember we we yeah, and we used to go to the Emmys every year. And I remember um, Northern Exposure and uh, NYPD were the big shows back then. And we came on the scene about two years after them. And then we went there as underdogs. We were sitting at the back of the auditorium, and they go, (laughs) "Show of the year, best show, picket fences," and we had to run up to the front of the stage. We went on the stage. I think we won three Emmys, right? We kept beating cool. these assholes. And the funny thing <laughs> is, they were always at the front, right at the front, right? We were always up the back because we weren't expecting to win. And oh. I remember getting up on the stage, and I remember, uh, what's his name? Rob Morrow and uh, this other, uh, yeah. these other people. They were yeah. staring at us with hatred. Like, who the <laughs> fuck are you? <laughs> I started laughing, you miserable fuckers. The true Hollywood stories right here. Oh, my God, bro. But, you know, it's, it's funny, man. I mean, these people were so successful. And John Corbett, God bless him, yeah. big fat Greek wedding. But, yeah. you know, they, everybody was so successful. In my opinion, you're a winner just being invited to the party, you know? Mm. What no, do you think? What do you think? Of course, yep. as I gotta say, those Saw movies scared the fuck out of me. Me too. I can't watch them, bro. I have to go to a couple of premieres. I have to close my eyes. I, 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 when I we made them, the, we were left. When I was at a hotel, Costa, and it came on socks. I know you were, in, and and it's you know the whole. I mean, I'm like shit. I was trying to turn it off, but I couldn't because I was so intrigued yeah. by it. But those yeah, are I think scary that, fucking movies. Yeah, right? I'll tell you. Yeah, you know, I when I first got invited to do that. Um, it was a funny story because uh, the director was in the room and the, the manager, I had managers who actually produced the film and they wanted to invite me aboard. And they said, uh, have you, the director, Darren Bousman, who's become a buddy, he's like, have you seen the first two? I said, no. And uh, we'd had the meeting. I was honest. I'm like, fucking, I haven't seen him. I don't want to get caught out lying, yeah. right? And he, the director leaves and the manager who's producing and Mark Berg looks at me and goes, why the fuck did you say you haven't seen the movies? I said, because I haven't seen him. 
And he goes, you're in Hollywood fucking lie, bro. That's how it's done. <laughs> anyway, I, I ended up getting getting to be a part, the longest running survivor apart from Tobin Bell. And I must tell you, the, the, the first time I went to a premiere and it was when I really sort of took over and I think it was saw number four. And um, we went to Vegas and... <laughs> it, it's your, it's that? your mother. It's your mother. <laughs> it's friend. Yeah, my mom. Puise, Mi lasto mandilo. Costa, Costa. Can you believe? My mom will call now. Mine's gonna call now. Um, I was gonna tell you, I they had a huge premiere in Vegas, right? I'll never forget this, bro. And my mother was there with a girlfriend of hers, and it was huge. And I'll never forget it was at Planet Hollywood. And we had to walk the red carpet, but the way they designed. Sorry, guys. She, I'm sorry. She, 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 Lopez, she, I keep calling here. <laughs> sorry. Is, is, as long as it's not your mistress, because your wife's going to watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm only joking, uh, Mrs. Angelo. <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. So your so, your you know, mom's there with her girlfriend. Yeah, she's there. Well, yeah, what happened was we had to walk the red carpet, but the way they designed it from the room to the red carpet was like a three-mile walk. So I had, to, <laughs> I had to sign like a million autographs on the thing. I was freaking out, going, this is it. So, so it was a huge, huge hit at this point, right? Wow. Anyway, we get, we get there. My mother sits next to me in the theater, and the movie begins, and she's grabbing my hand. <laughs> and now I've got all the fans looking at me with my mother holding my hand. I, I got up, and I said, get up, go sit next to your friends on the, on the other side. Like the killer of sores holding his mother's hand in the theater, you know. Like, <laughs> anyway, I got rid of her, and I, I remember the opening scene. There was a pendulum scene where somebody kills my sister, and then the movie just begins with a guy in a trap. And when the trap executes him, the crowd there was about three thousand people in the in the cinema, and they went crazy. And that's when I realized the impact of that of that movie. Oh, they yeah. were, but they went berserk, bro. Yeah. What, what do you find? What do you find is uh is your favorite uh, TV or movies? I, I I do believe, especially in this day and age, great TV and and um, you know like uh, um, the world of TV changed from the CBS world to the you know the modern thing yeah, that we can yeah. watch anything. And I just think that quality shows, quality movies, when you can get them, it's like a joy because. I mean, you're proud of being in something. Sometimes you do smaller things just to exercise. During COVID, I took a few smaller jobs just to get off the couch. Yeah, And, uh, you know, it's like just good quality is what I want. But ultimately, if you do, you know, some, the, I mean, I always reference The Godfather as far as quality. I, um, You know, great comedies like Midnight Run. I mean, to be a part of anything of, yes. of that's just special is great. I mean, look at Big Fat Greek Wedding. Little did they know, right? But it was classy. Yeah. It was well done, and it became a huge hit. So there's all these little hidden gems that come when you least expect them. Sometimes you you do, can read a great pilot and say this is going to be a hit show, and it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. So you know, just count your blessings when you get lucky and just enjoy the ride. That's you know, Costa, they shot that in Toronto. I auditioned, yeah. I auditioned for the brother-in-law. Remember the sister's brother? The no, no, no. husband and the and the, no, no, and the no. restaurant and the casting agent Robin Cook says, "Look, Angela, you 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 nailed it, but you don't look Greek enough." I go, <laughs> "Hey, I'm big, I'm fat, I'm Greek. I'm three words in the fucking title." <laughs> <laughs> you're rolling this thing. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I, 
that's funny, man. That reminds me of me. One time there's a commercial that came out, uh, a casting for a commercial. I think it was Coca-Cola or something. I said, we need a Costas Mandalore type. And I said, put me in for it. And they go, <laughs> no. <laughs> they didn't accept really? it. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious in Hollywood? You want a Costas Mandalore type and you show up. No, 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 no. Not, not quite right. I'm Costas Mandalore. <laughs> we want your type. We're, they don't even know what they want here. Yeah, you know that that's, that reminds me of a funny story. I remember when I was doing picket fences, and everybody you know that watched the show knew who I was. And I, I used to go to Vegas every Friday and spend the weekend there. Not every Friday, but you know, quite often. Yeah. And uh, I'll never forget when I when I hit the roulette table. It's like I didn't look at anything because I enjoy roulette. It's, I think it's a fun game. But I remember uh, a couple of times I got stopped when I was walking through the through the casino, and, and they'd be like, "Families going, hey, you look like." Um, you remind me, of, and then I'd wait. I'm not going to say, yes, I'm Costa Spandrel because I'm not that pretentious, but I'd be like, maybe they're mistaking me for somebody else. And at the end, when they couldn't work it out, they were asking me, like, well, what have you done? I said, I'm big fences. My name's Costas. And they're like, no, no, it's not. No, and they'd walk off. They wouldn't believe me. So fucking, I gave up. <laughs> I swear to God, they used to just fucking just leave me standing there after me waiting for 30 minutes for them to work it out. Because I didn't want to be a pretentious asshole and say my name, and then when I'd say who I am, they'd go, "Nah, no, you're not." They'd walk off. Mm. This is, you know, Costa. This has been hilarious and, and informative, and and we think we've, we've gone over an hour now, and uh, we don't want to keep you too long because I know you're. Uh, you're, can, you're can, I, can I can I ask one? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go one, ahead. One geeky fan question. Yep. You're, you're in the Doors movie, which when I was when I was in high school, that was like the movie for me. And like, was that was that a cool experience? I mean, for me, I was like a Greek guy was in this. This is like the greatest thing ever. Yeah, but you know what? I'll, I'll share that story. We'll finish about Greece because tomorrow's a big day for us, right? Yes, Ready? I I I'll never forget. I got invited to read for this part the Italian count who actually existed yes. who gave Meg Ryan's character heroin and was a one of these socialite fucking yeah. Italian count whether he was a real count or not I don't know but I I guess he was anyway I I had the sides it wasn't a lot of dialogue and I had to go there and I met Oliver Stone who's very tough guy but also very lovable and he, and he surprises you anyway he walked me through the office and he said come in and, and he said okay we're going to do the part I'm going to play Jim Morrison we're going to get my casting uh, lady, and she became a pretty big casting woman. Uh, I can't remember her name right now. I think it was Deborah something. But I, what happened was he goes, okay, you're going to be having sex on the floor, and I'm going to walk in on you. <laughs> so he goes, okay. She lays on the ground, and he goes, lay on top of her, and I'll knock on the door, and I'll, and I'll walk in. I'm like, what the fuck is this? You know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm studying Shakespeare to do this shit. Anyway, I'm on top of her, and uh, he knocks on the door and comes in as Jim Morrison. And I'm sleeping with his girlfriend, right? Or it looks like we're assimilating uh, sexual positions. And I turn around and I, and I thought it was so fucking ridiculous. I just smiled. <laughs> and he goes, oh, my God, that's brilliant. You got the part. That's how I got that part. Because I thought it was so fucking crazy. Anyway, he, go, he goes, get up. You got the part. And he walked me through the office and introduced me to the whole staff. And I'll never forget it, bro. And I don't really talk about money, but it's so long ago, it doesn't matter. I had That was before I got the mobsters part, I think. But nevertheless, oh, okay. I, wor I worked for four days 
It might have been after. I can't remember, but it was very early on, right? I worked for four days. He flew me to New York. We stayed at the Mayflower Hotel, which was a cool place to stay. We shot in L.A. I met Val Kilmer and everybody and, and Michael. We, a, a bunch of Michael Madsen. Everybody was there. Everybody yeah. was kind of beginning their careers then, except for Meg Ryan and, and, and uh, Val. Anyway, I'll just never forget it, bro. I got paid the shitload of money to just pretend to be a fucking drug addict and a drunk. In, in this movie and it was just it was so incredible i used to call my friends and go you wouldn't believe what i'm doing and they, they and all my, a lot of my friends are famous kickboxers stan the man long and 80s and Oscar yes, petrini's yes. and and sam greco and all these guys and they used to say when we see you we're gonna punch the shit out of you because <laughs> they they were so jealous that i was getting paid to play act on, on the screen but um, awesome. yeah that was part of the beginning by the way i gotta I got tell you this guys I was in Greece and I exchanged stories with many men with a lot of wisdom in our history. And the day I left, just a couple of days before I left, two of these guys, special dudes, right? Pretty dangerous guys. They they brought me this book of 1821 and it's in Greek and in English. And every page has a story about one of our heroes and battles. And I've got it on my thing, on my desk. I'll send you a picture, Angie. It's an unbelievable, huge coffee table book. But I just tell you this. We were slaves. We got beheaded. We got raped. We got we got attacked by Persia. We got attacked by the Turks. They, the Greece has never given up. And I'm very proud to be a Greek because of those reasons. And you know what? We don't bitch about this slavery and what was done to us, but we never forget. And I'm very proud of the spirit that our people have. And the Elada Pateni. And I hope the politicians that have taken over now protect Greece, which they have. They've lifted. They've. Li- I wanted to say this to you. They've lifted all the um, all the restrictions. Businesses are opening. Hollywood's going there. They're giving forty yep. percent rebates. People are going there. Liam Neeson's going to shoot a big movie there. Chris Phillip is is bringing yep. Alexander the Great as a TV series to Greece. Oh, yeah. The Greeks are going to go to work, bro. <clears throat> There's people like Anthony Hickox that are going to shoot their razor, razor head. I mean, oh. i got to tell you this. I always used to say, why Romania? and Why Bulgaria? Why do they have studios? Well, guess what? We're going to have studios there, and we have the best climate. I'm telling you, if people are going to – I love Romanians, and I love Romania. Yeah. I love Bulgarians. I love Bulgaria, but I'll tell you this. People are going to flock to shoot in Greece because we've got the best climate, bro. Yeah. I was in Romania two weeks before Greece. I froze to death. I went to Greece. We did get snow eventually, the fourth big snowstorm in 28 years. But in essence, it's, it's, it's such a beautiful place to go to. And it's going to become alive again. And you know what? Ever since the last regime got kicked out of office, those bums that wouldn't they, they were robbing Greece. Now they've opened up the um, Lutz's family and their investors to fix the old uh, airport. And after 17 and a half years of it, just sitting there like a dump of cement, they're going to make it like to the Greek. The father's going to be the Greek Riviera, bro. Yeah. I mean, they, they're going to, they're, they're going to have cinemas. They're going to have casinos. They're going to have apartment buildings in this beautiful space that was just sitting there wasting away. So I'm very proud of the new government. You know, not, nobody's perfect, but at least yeah, man, he's bringing fucking Greece. business to Greece. Are you kidding they're me? They're doing business, and that yeah. great for us. Greeks love business, and they're opening it up. And why shouldn't they go shoot in Greece? I agree, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Exactly, and you know what? And I love Nia because she's one of the pioneers that actually yeah. got to shoot in the Acropolis. And I'm gonna kiss her ass just a little bit more right now because I want to be <laughs> in my big fucking wedding three with you. I'll tell her yeah. just two guys. 
That's the two right. guys that take the boats, take the gay guys to Mykonos, uh, to the uh, Super Paradise Beach. And yeah. um, and it's not quite sure if we're lovers or not. We'll have to work that out. Yeah, yeah. if you're listening, you got you to put Costas and me. You got to give us a little taste. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah. Before we let you go, before we let you go, because uh, Forti does a little Q&A with you at the end of it, I just want to say, brother, thank you so much for doing this today. This was an amazing interview. And you're you're an interesting guy. You got amazing stories, and you're a proud Greek. I, I feel your sentiment, and uh, and I just want to say thank you again. And and on the eve of Cosipede uh, Martio, the bicentennial of our of our our forefathers and what they fought for, uh, we couldn't have had a better guest. So yeah. thank you from me. And I'm going to pass you on the forty now. And then Adi will take it home. So thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Awesome. I really appreciate it, Costas. I really. I hope did. it wasn't. Bo- I hope it wasn't boring. Uh, but I, I no, it was awesome. Dude, this was one of the most captivating interviews we've this done. Was great. This was fantastic, great. This was fantastic, bro. This was I'm, great. I'm hey, make sure. Make, let's give the movie a plug. I did a movie called The Cliffs of Freedom. Yes. I think oh, we're going to yeah. start streaming yes. it. Yes. Yeah, they're going to start streaming it. So I hope the Greeks get to see it because it wasn't released, but now it's going to come to people's homes. But. I went to a premiere in London and I had an old Greek man there. I'm not an old, I don't want to call him old, but a very wise man. And a lot of Greeks from all over came. People got up on their chairs, people cried and they, they screamed at the end. It's quite a poetic, strong female lead based on Bubulina, let's say. Yeah, and right, and right. The, the tragedies and the ups and downs of the Greeks and the Turks. And with a sympathetic Turk that's taught by a Greek teacher who's Christopher Plummer. So I hope people get to see it. And I'll just tell you this, in Canada and Australia and South Africa and in America, if this was released, the theaters would be packed. 100%. Oh, absolutely. I know they're putting yeah. it, as they're streaming it free tomorrow. All Great. the platforms are, are streaming uh, Cliffs of Freedom. Uh, there's a whole bunch of platforms on uh, social media and on Facebook and all those things. So if people yeah. who are watching this, you can watch Costas and Cliffs of Freedom. And uh, right I, I may tune in to see it because I didn't get a chance to watch it. So I, I'm it's a beautiful, it. it's a beautiful film. It'll touch you. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Costa, this has been an honor for us uh, and a pleasure to have uh, someone that we've always looked up to, you know, as Greek Americans, as Ari has mentioned. But uh, we want to ask you some very simple questions just so that our audience could get to know Costa a little more as a Greek. Can you tell us, Costa, your your favorite and least favorite Greek food growing up as a kid? I used to hate feta cheese when I was a kid. I hated ah, it. Really? I hated it. But you know what? It's my favorite thing to eat now. <laughs> okay. so um, uh, I really hated it, but I hated the smell. I'm like, what the hell is that? Like Vegemite. You know, I couldn't stand it. But feta cheese now is like number one on my list. It's incredible and it's good for you. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, uh, what else? There's nothing like a good old souvlaki when the, you know when they make them in Greece with the little the little round souvlaki, the little one. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, there's so many things. Look, aspi super. I've become an expert at it. I know, I used to take it uh, for granted when my mother made it, and then one day I sat down thirty years later and said, "Show me how to make it." Yeah, and now I make it. I make it for people, and they go, "What is this?" I'm like, "It's the shit, man." Right. <laughs> it, it's amazing how we come back around to dishes as we get older that we didn't really exactly. care for. But then we yep. like we wish, you know, we knew how to make it. But uh, awesome. And then next question for you, Costa. You know, as a kid growing up or as Greek Americans, Greek Australians, Greek Canadians, you know, our parents 
our grandparents always had clever sayings to us. Is there anything you can share with us as any uh, sayings that you grew up with that really stuck with you from your parents? Uh, or mean oh. sayings. Or mean. Or mean. <laughs> but any, you know, um, well, you know, I always remember this. I always been to the show, like, you know, every time I left the house, because our parents were like, you know, you know, pupas, kikanis. But when I left the house, my mom would always used to say, Tamatyasu. Right? Yeah. But uh, I'm sure we've all heard plenty of stuff. And we like to, like, kind of like, as, as Angelus, you know, has mentioned, you know, we all come from the same kutala. But yeah. uh, anything that maybe you can share with us that your parents or your mom and dad used to always drill into your head before you left the house? Oh, my God. Well, that was one of the main ones. Um, <laughs> but uh, by the way, by the way, that that scene in my big fat Greek wedding with Echo Tria Archidia. My my brother gets the credit for sharing that um, in the movie. He told him about the story, but I'm the one that created that because my friends used to come over that were half English and half Cypriot and they didn't speak Greek properly. And then every now and then we'd tell him to say something stupid to my mother and she (laughs) knew it was us. So she'd come up and whack me in the back of the head, but my brother put it in the movie. So I've got to give him credit for that. That's cool. Um, yeah, but um, what was I going to say? Look, there's so many, and I'm, I'm so a little bit branded. I I I want to do this again with you in like yeah. in the next couple of months, but sure, and I'll come up with some good ones. But yes. I just remember, I just remember, um, you know, the old man used to say, "Then I see the 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 yeah, uh, you've never seen your asshole. That's why you're talking shit. You don't know what you're talking about. But that's awesome. I mean, there, there's so many, so many good ones. But uh, um, the the one thing that I learned once, and I became a show off, was uh, for fun. They said, "How's your Greek?" And I used to say, "How about this one?" Otanthelo, sidanthelis, tora pudanthelo, thelis, tora kegodanthelo, yanathelis, otanthelo. Whoa! Pretty good. I learned that when I was fourteen. I was so proud of myself. That's I'm surprised awesome. I still remember. That's good. Wow. Yeah. And the fact By the way, you know what? So, so this is not just a family show. We can actually swear, right? Yes, well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. The other day when I was leaving, there's two days before I left. By the way, I used to walk around uh, the Kalimarmaro, the Olympic Stadium, and I used to, I found out that you can go around the back up the stairs, and there's a, a gate. The Greeks have bent the bars, and they go in there and they train above looking down at the stadium, not in there's a park behind it with Monozigo and all that. And there's a bunch of people walking their dogs. And I found this spot right near the Mets. So I used to go do the steps up there and pretend I was in the Olympics a hundred years ago (laughs) in my mind. Right. But I'll I'll never forget that one guy told me a story about Karaiskaki and I found this statue that's right there in that area at the park. I wasn't even looking for it. I knew where Kolokotronis is because he's, uh, he's up, he's uh, near uh, Kolonaki. But right. I ended up finding the uh, statue and I'll send it to, uh, I'll send, I whispered the saying that uh, Karaiskaki said to the Turks, to Ali Pasa, who said, get on your knees and bow and give up. And apparently Karaiskaki said uh, something, uh, well, there's two things that were said. Okay. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and, the, and the other one is, um, yeah. Bravo. you know what I mean by the way these, these guys exactly. were being faced with death and they came up with these my guess I know it's a little bit rude for the old timers but you know what all it's the old timers are the ones that told us this shit so they, right. they can handle it, they no, can handle it. Exactly. Right. pass it on 
Yeah. Beautiful. By the way, awesome. you know, I'll mention some names. And you, uh, if you got any more questions, because I want to answer. Yeah, well, one, one, last one. one last one. One last one, Costa. You know, as you know, in our Greek culture, you know, we, we've grown up with a lot of superstition. It's been around us forever. Is there any superstition that you still live by as a Greek? Oh boy. <laughs> two, the, uh, you know, to be honest, I've got to, I've got to think about those two questions because the parimias, there's so many of them. My old man used to give them to me every day, and uh, uh, yeah, superstition. If, if, if you, if you had some time, you could probably come up with a lot of them. Sometimes we hit you, and uh, it's like, oh, oh, oh. right. Well, it's like when, when it's like when somebody tells one joke, all of a sudden, fifty jokes come to your head. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but, okay. but let me tell you, there was plenty of them. There was plenty of them growing up. I mean. Some of them, some of them uh, against Greeks. Some of them not against Greeks. Some of them against bad people. Mm. Um, you know, because we have good and bad. And when Greeks are good, they're the best. But when there's Iliadidis, yeah, you know. Uh, oh, and, uh, I, I really, I do believe in the evil eye. My brother oh, used to my get dear. it a lot. When, yeah. He, yeah. My brother used to get it when he was a kid, and I used to say, "What the fuck's wrong with him?" You know, because yeah. he was a very cute looking kid. I believe kid. in it. Yes. And my aunt, my aunt used to do the prayer with the oil and everything, and he yeah. came out of a twice. I thought he was going to die, bro. Broke out into a, a cold sweat, and he was normal again. Wow. Yeah. And I saw it in front of my eyes. <laughs> I, I mean, I've heard that many times from a lot of Greeks. Yeah. My brother got it a lot. I think I, I don't think I really got it because uh, you know I had a big nose or something. But he was like a <laughs> a, 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 a perfect looking uh, little kid. And uh, for some reason, when I, we were in the village once, in uh, you know my father's from uh, Tripoli, my mother's from Kalamata, but we were in the village, and I was watching my grandparents and my mother and some woman came from the village and did the prayer, yeah. and my brother looked like he was going to die. I, sw- I was just fucking staring at him. I think I was like, four- I was 14 and he was like nine or something. Right. Oh, and I'm looking at him for- and he broke out of it and back to normal within like within a minute of after the prayer and the oil and everything. So I believe in a lot of the stuff, yeah. but I'll tell you what else I believe in my friends. Yeah. And many, many more. Yes. Yes. Bravo. That is awesome. Good name oh, to go out of this one on Costas. Very good names. Uh, we, I, Angela, we we got we got to get Costa back. We, well, he's uh, coming we back for sure. Two. He's coming we back for sure. I didn't get like one one hundredth of the questions I want to ask you. Like I'm I'm a true geek when it comes to a lot of the stuff that you've been part of, and like you know, I'm just I'm fascinated. And you are an amazing interview. You you said I, somewhere you said you weren't like much of a storyteller. Like your stories were beyond. Like, like you captivated all of us, and you're going to captivate everybody who's watching and listening. And we want to thank you so much for taking the time. I know it's late over there. I know you you know you're traveling, you're doing stuff. Thank you so much for being with us, Costa. We appreciate it, and uh, you have to come back. Please promise us you will. As soon as you're ready, let me know, and I'll be—I'll do it in the light with a, a little bit fresher. <laughs> and um, by the way, does this go out live, or does it go out another day? No, oh. no, we're gonna—we're gonna post it. It's gonna be a video and a podcast, and we'll—it'll right. we'll probably be you. live tomorrow at some point. But you know what? Uh, we're gonna email you when it is, so you could check it out yourself. Okay, and let me know how it goes, guys. If it uh, goes well, I'd love to hear. All I can tell you is this: when I go to Greece and I get off the plane, I kiss the cement. And yeah, I want all the all all of you out right. there, whatever country you're in, our land is still standing. Our flag is flying high, and stop all the shenanigans about being a proud Greek that you're a right winger and all that shit. You know what? 
People suffered for us to live free lives, bro. People suffered. Mm. All right. Hundred percent. All right. Never 100%. forget it. Exactly. Hundred percent, right. man. You, you're you're preaching to the choir. We all got you. All important to that one, man. Got you. Here. All to all the Aussies, all the Canadians, and all the Americans, and the South Africans everywhere. Yelana potente petheni sasagapo. Sasagapame costa. That's right, but Z, 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 Z. I wish you well. Hey, by the way, hey, Ange, call Chris Phillip and tell him I did good and I never said nothing bad about him. I will. I'll tell Chris. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to Costa again. Once again, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you to our co host, Foti. Angelo, you're the man, Angelo. Thanks, everybody out there for watching, listening. This episode is going to be live tomorrow. Everywhere podcasts can be heard, on YouTube, streaming, on the app. We're going to give Costa all the information. We're going to make some really cool promos because I'm going to use some of your uh, IMDb photos. and, and all Yeah, stuff. use good pictures, will you? Not, not when I'm drinking. <laughs> Costa, hey, let, go ahead. Can I go close ahead. out? I'll let you have yeah, the yeah. last word. Let me just say this. It's one of my favorite sayings. I watched the movie when I was a kid, and it was very dramatic. Did you ever see a movie called Agapi Kema? No. No, I never saw uh, it. It was a really, really cool movie when we were kids, but like a dramatic, you know, really Greek, Greek drama film. Yeah. And all I want to say to the Greeks is Agapi Kema. Ah, uh, well nice. said, well said. Beautiful. Eleftheria y Thanatos. Eleftheria y Thanatos. Bravo. Bravo. Stay tuned. We're going to have Costa back for sure. He was an awesome guest. We, it was a great pleasure having you. And uh, Costa, thanks once more. Everybody, thank good you night guys. and thank you. You guys got a lot of class. Love you guys. Love Looking you, forward Costa. to seeing you again. Thank you so much. Big bye love. Bye. Yes, it's with you. Yes, it's with you. Yes, it's with you.